freight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. In episode 33, we're joined by Aid Thomas, founder of Green Dot TV Media, where he shares his thoughts about an interesting thing he calls building the ideas infrastructure. We also talk about the exciting opportunities for moving the transportation sector into the smart business era, where vehicles are problem solvers. And we also talk about the cost savings of battery electric vehicles, how outside sources are helping to change trucking, World EV Day, and together we share our thoughts on the importance of creative storytelling. Today we have joining us Aid Thomas. He's founder at Green Dot TV Media, and he leads a few events called World EV Day, the EV Summit, and the EV Bike Summit. Looking forward to hearing about those. Hello, Aid. Thanks for joining us. Hi there, Mike. Great to uh, be on the podcast. Thanks very much indeed for having me. Yeah, really looking forward to this chat. Um, and I, I'm really excited to hear about uh, World EV Day. I mean, just that it just sounds so cool and timely and important. But uh, before we get started, you know, this podcast is for my friends and I, and uh, as the title suggests, and uh, we've not known each other for too long, but it sure feels like that. I mean, we're kind of a kindred spirits in this green vehicles work. Um, you know, having known me for a little bit here, would you, would you agree with that? Totally. I mean, we both, you know, share a clear agenda for shifting to uh, a zero emissions transport form. Um, I mean, I suppose you might uh, share my my vision in terms of the work that I do. I, I like to think that I'm helping to build out what I call the ideas infrastructure. So, you know, those helping to you know create the the ideas and the education framework for turning the dial on a shift to zero emissions transport. Yeah, it's an interesting that ideas piece and getting uh, collaboration and communication. I mean, I think the the world's smaller than it's ever been, and we've got more opportunity to collaborate. I mean, the pandemic's got us doing things, you know, remotely in a really efficient, interesting way. But but also that's that's still our biggest challenge, right? Is is getting the the right players who have good ideas to work together and really make these things happen. Um, sort of walk the talk, not just not talking the talk. Um, but why don't you walk us walk us through your career a little bit, Aid, and kind of what was what was the spark for you to focus really on on green vehicles now? You know, I'm I'm, a, I'm more a green person than I am uh, a car person or a trucks person. So you know, it was that sustainability prism, an early concern about climate change that led me to thinking, you know, we really need to focus on solutions. And uh, also being a marketing person, you know, the automotive sector is a is a really powerful way of visualizing. A very positive change in terms of decarbonizing and one of the most important sectors and you know the transport sector contributes a third to all co2 emissions so i was really keen to you know focus on on that sector because it offers a really great prism into you know changing people's behavior in a really positive way that, that's interesting my career has been more on the whole vehicle side mainly on big trucks but also smaller trucks and you know i when i think about transport and vehicles you know, it, it's just there for us. It's it's not, and, and part of I think what's our our problem in transforming it to you know carb, decarbonizing transport is that you know first of all our cars are very personal and private from a goods movement standpoint. You know we don't like trucks. You know they get in our way on the motorways and freeways, but they uh, you know but they bring everything we want and need to our homes and businesses and so forth. So transportation's got this. Um, 
air about it that is uh, kind of like, you know, almost like leave it alone. <laughs> and that, that's, a, that's probably a, a big challenge for both of us as we try to do our work in green in it. Um, that resonate with you? I mean, I, I see a really exciting opportunity for fundamental change that is happening, you know, very, very quickly at the moment. I think we're in the white heat of a transition, both across the energy sector and the transport sector and entering a new smart era. Um, add in digitalization to that mix and you know we'll, we'll move from a, a sector in transportation that was a problem in terms of emissions causing you know dirty air in cities and climate change globally to a new smart business near future where you know we, we can look forward to the vehicles that we drive being problem solvers not problem makers you know change i mean this is a classic right is the change going to be evolutionary you know people say a step change or is it going to be revolutionary where a little bit of it at a time and you know i would say transportation um and maybe i'll be more specific trucks you know it's it's been a little bit at a time i mean very proud of of the how clean the diesel exhaust is after you know two decades of pretty significant things um and controls on engines but um, but I, I'm with you. I think we're seeing we're going to see a step change here. We're going to see electrification, cars and small trucks. We're going to see what you just mentioned around connectivity and everything. And and um, uh, I wasn't so sure about that maybe a couple, two, three, four years ago. But um, yeah, I uh, I see it coming. I mean, you know, the last eighteen months we've lived through the COVID era. History tells us that a crisis accelerates the future. The rapid acceleration of of e mobility is is clear to see in the numbers. You know, particularly maybe in, in Europe, where perhaps we're a little ahead of the game. You know, I think one in four vehicles now sold in the UK has a plug. You know, that that's a radical hockey stick step change. Uh, the truck sector is a little bit behind that, and maybe the US is a little bit behind Europe. But I think, you know, there's going to be rapid and fundamental change. A real paradigm shift is occurring. I, th I genuinely think we're in the white heat of a major transition. Um, so if anyone isn't thinking about their truck fleet going over to a zero emissions vehicle fleet, then uh, I think they need to start thinking about that pretty quickly. Yeah, we're seeing that. I'm, and I, as, you know, I, as I and my team goes out into the trucking, you know, whether we're visiting with fleets, manufacturers at conferences, uh, you know, it started for me again, maybe five years ago where, uh, you know, I was like, really, I mean, a battery haul freight, <laughs> but I think what we're, what we've seen in the last couple of years, and I've been surprised at how many fleets and manufacturers, uh, state regulators, even utilities um, are, are taking your advice, Aiden, and, and getting involved. They're, they're becoming educated. They're figuring out what part of their fleet can, can go this route uh, faster than other parts of their fleet. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, there, there's still a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, head in the sand that'll be deer in the headlights uh, to throw out a couple of analogies there uh, for many. But um, uh, it, it is happening and the industry and, and governments are, are taking their actions. Yeah, I mean, this week here in the UK, um, and I think it's a rare example of the UK government actually being a real path funding leader in this sector. It just announced its transport decarbonization strategy. And in that, for the first time, it outlined... Uh, a policy shift whereby by 2040 vans and trucks do need to be zero emissions. You know, that's a pretty bold target. 2030 cars need to be zero emissions. So, you know, in, in pretty much eight short years' time, it's going to be illegal to sell a combustion engine vehicle here in the UK. Um, and and uh, in 18 years' time, the same will apply to trucks. You know, I, 
I think there's a really interesting moment where the changes within the sector are not coming from the usual internal forces. So inter internal forces usually dominate change within an, within an industrial sector, innovation, science, new technologies. The change now is coming from outside. It's coming from essentially climate change. You know, when you have 120 ki people killed across a few days in Germany due to extreme weather events, that's going to cause the German government to introduce a new policy and that's going to cause, you know, major change within the transport sector. I'm absolutely sure of it. I hear you. And I think, well, you know, vehicle engineering, whether it's cars or trucks, I mean, a long-term product strategy used to be 10 years, no, five years. A long-term strategy would be five years. And now uh, with this, I think what will help us get through this step change, this transformation, this big change will be that certainty that it that it's happening. So when I fell in love with fuel economy was back when I was finishing my Navistar, my time at Navistar, you know, I was there 13 years helping design big trucks. And I got into into fuel economy because fuel prices were high for, for North America and fleets were demanding more fuel efficient trucks. And what I discovered was that a lot of technologies and innovations happened every 10 or 15 years in trucking when fuel prices went up. And as soon as fuel prices dropped, and you have a little different situation in Europe where those fuel prices are more stable with um, you know, regulated pricing on fuel. But when those fuel prices dropped, and we're talking about serious drops, you know, $4 diesel and gasoline down to $1 or $150, then everybody sort of just ignored fuel economy. They ignored these technologies that could help us. And and I, I uh, that, that was uncomfortable for me. So I, I went and, and, and started this work uh, just to try to bridge that. I mean, we need it. So my point is, is that I think you're right in that external forces, internal forces, public opinion, um, climate, uh, cost, all these things are kind of uh, uh, coming together to drive companies to to act with a longer product uh, strategy plan, and uh, but acting urgently, um, you know, to to introduce models and get on with things. Um, pretty pretty interesting time. So I mean, I I've mentioned some of the external push forces but some of the internal pull forces you know you look at lower maintenance costs lower fuel costs i do some work with volta trucks the exciting 16 ton battery electric startup they ran some numbers in the week uh, they calculate that if a truck covers 40,000 kilometers a year fleet operators with diesel costs would expect to spend around 44,000 euros on diesel uh, and only uh, around 8,000 euros on electricity so huge cost savings for battery electric versus diesel yeah sometimes i share those big uh dollars spent on fuel for these trucks and i'll, I'll have people not believe not believe me but you know it's simple math right it's mm -hmm. a uh you know they're hauling tons of freight and um and doing it, it takes a lot of fuel to consume so yep. let's get into let's get into some of the the work you do tell us about green.tv media what's its um What's its sort of mission and, and uh, how long has it been around and, and what are you doing uh, right there to help this whole process? Yeah, so um, well, all of a sudden we've been around for uh, 14 of your Earth years. So we're, we're a pretty uh, long established player in the sector. Um, we, we work across a wider remit than just transport. So we look at the whole spectrum of sustainability, sustainability issues. Uh, but um, but we, we do have a really strong focus on transport. So. Around eight years ago, we began working with people like the UK government and Nissan on the Nissan Leaf, one of the early um, you know, electric vehicles. Uh, four and a half years ago, as you alluded to in your intro, we began um, building out what is now the EV Summit, which is uh, 
which we like to think is the Davos for e-mobility, so the world's meeting place for high-level business leaders in the e-mobility sector. And you referenced that um, last year we launched um, in, in partnership with ABB, the, the global engineering firm based out of the US uh, World EV Day, which was a huge off-the-scale global success for us um, with a global media reach of 1.9 billion and really did help to uh, catalyze a shift to towards electric vehicles, which we were super, super pleased about. Very cool. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, as we sort of brainstormed uh, the work here at NACFI and what you're doing at green.tv, I mean, this whole idea of, you know, sharing information for collaboration, you know, um, creative stories, telling stories that mean something. Um, and so how, how does green.tv uh, approach, uh, you know, sort of, I don't know what I want to call it, like messaging or, or the work you do that, 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 that leads to impact, leads to action? Um, how do you bridge that? So, I mean, storytelling is a key word for us. I'd add in creativity to that, so creative storytelling. But as I mentioned, we know we're doing our part to build out what I call the ideas infrastructure. So the channels and the campaigns that are driving engagement around zero emissions in the transport sector. So, you know, World EV Day is a great global campaign. In fact, a movement, you know, causing real uh, change worldwide. I mean, the thing that I referenced about World EV Day being a success last year was uh, a US van driver actually who um, posted to his Instagram feed on World EV Day, a picture of him holding his baby daughter in his arms saying, you know, he was really super excited that World EV Day had come into being because it meant that, you know, there are platforms movements for change out there that are that are going to lead to a better world for his daughter to grow up in so that's the kind of thing that makes me really excited about the work that we do yeah once we, yeah that's an amazing story once we get to the uh sort of the the heart of the matter i suppose or get into our real motivations then then that comes that comes actions that comes things so what what will uh, uh how do you how do how does uh, anybody maybe some audience listening here get involved in world ev day and what what's the uh real it's in september i think um what's what's sort of the uh, how, how do we get involved what what um our outcomes are you looking for from it um a little more detail sure so um you know people can partner up with us here at green tv media directly um and that would be great. You know, I'd welcome any overtures from some of the organizations you work with and for, um, but also people can get involved with their own activities on the ground at a grassroots level. So, you know, if people want to engage their own communities with campaigns on the day, great. We have our own campaign assets around a campaign called EV Love, where people can um, download a bunch of assets uh, from the World EV Day website to um, create their own campaigns around the EV Love campaign mantra um so there are a bunch of things really either you know top down or, or grassroots bottom up ways of getting involved so uh, electric bikes electric cars electric trucks and and you talked about your specific involvement with volta what do you think um how will trucking uh, whether it's the drivers or the maintenance or the owners i mean how, what are they gonna experience as they start to look into purchase operate electric trucks i mean what do you what do you see happening i mean what what are the benefits challenges as trucking looks to electrify i think the interesting thing is that moment of transition you know people are really i call it the heavy weight of legacy interests you know people have a real sense of knowing what they already know and you know and trusting that framework that they already work with um but once you know once you take Take, make the transition over to, you know, battery electric or, or hydrogen uh, fuel cell 
powered vehicles you know your experience a whole new world of wonder i mean it's just you know a more relaxing comfortable drive a drive where you know you you know that you're not causing a problem you're part of the solution your your vehicle will have much lower maintenance costs they just don't go wrong there are so few moving parts in a in an electric vehicle compared to a diesel or combustion vehicle lower fuel costs as discussed it's just a you know it's just a whole new world of uh, of experience you, you know you'll you'll have data-driven digitalized systems you're just you know it's just a, a, a smart form of business as opposed to a world where perhaps it wasn't quite so smart in the diesel and combustion age yeah you know what you're saying um is very much in line with what we're hearing from the participants in run on less electric so we're in the middle of run on less electric 13 fleets and you know 13 different truck oems we're showcasing and we're out we're out talking to the drivers and so forth and on you know, we knew these trucks are quiet, right? So everybody says these trucks are quiet. You'll love them because they're quiet. But what we're, what we're starting to hear, Aid, is like below, you know, more detail around that. So one driver was an Anheuser-Busch truck driver in L.A. told me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was bringing up uh, the, the quiet nature of the truck. And he, he says, I just feel a lot safer driving it. And I, I, I was, you know, my mind kind of went, well, wait a minute, I'm not so sure I get it. And then he quickly said, without me even prompting him, uh, you know, the other day there was an ambulance coming up behind me and I was able to hear it, recognize it, you know, give it the right away. And, um, you know, I felt safer with that truck or that ambulance on the road. Um, the ambulance is certainly getting to, you know, their plate, their, whatever they're going faster. And so, uh, you know, a detail there. And the other thing you mentioned that, that struck me is the digitization, the uh, openness and so forth. I mean, you know, diesel trucks can communicate uh, and they do. I mean, you know, we've got uh, telematics on these trucks. Diesel trucks are called data warehouses by many of the IT world. Um, and so it, it's, it's happening, but it's had to be, it's had to evolve over being a mechanical engine for a long time. And the, the purely electrical electronic electric truck, um, uh, you know, offers a, a smoother pathway to this digitization and data and big data and analysis and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do think that's uh, leapfrogging, you know, where we've been. I mean, all these trucks that we're seeing out there have a tremendous amount of information coming back to the fleet, to the truck builder, and that'll only help that uh, help that electric truck improve. So uh, I really I really agree with a lot of those things you rattled off fairly top of mind and quickly and totally agree, I think. I mean, just it's, it's slightly, you know, coming at it from a kind of, you know, someone who's has a pure interest in battery electric vehicles. You know, it seems to me with, you know, a diesel, a diesel engine vehicle, you've got a dumb system that might have a smart system of telematics on top of it, but you know why? Why not have a smart system of, you know, a clean en- a clean engine that has fewer moving parts, lower maintenance costs, much low- lower fuel, doesn't pollute. Why why not have? It seems to me that you know there's a synergy between having a smart propulsion system and a smart digitalization system. Absolutely, and so um, you know a, a couple of the challenges uh, you know that 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 are out there. I mean, one of the big ones is infrastructure. Uh, so, you know, on the positive side, you know, what we're hearing is, boy, I just love it. You plug it in, you, you get home, park, plug it in. When I say home for trucks, that would be back to the base depot or something like that. But, you know, drivers are telling us to get in, plug it in, turn, turn to look at the charger. If it's green, I go home. Versus, you know, coming back to the depot, getting in a fueling line, having to fuel up, 
probably talking to somebody, these big trucks, you got to move them around the yard. So, you know, even if the fueling is private at the depot, it still takes time and energy and the, and the drivers sort of love it, but getting there is, can be a real challenge. And so what's your experience with, um, uh, well, I guess, you know, it's a little easier with cars and bikes with the small amount of electricity we need, but when you get into these big trucks, there's a lot of it. So, um, how do you view the challenge of fast, big chargers, a lot of power dealing with the, you know, utilities, um, uh, what have you learned in the work you're doing to, to help advise people as they start to think about that big challenge, really? I mean, charging infrastructure has, has typically been a challenge, but the amount of money pouring into the charging infrastructure sector at the moment is enormous. You know, I, I spend a lot of my time talking to investors as well, and investors feel really comfortable investing in charging infrastructure. It's a happy place for them, you know, and, and the DC fast charging is coming on at pace you know so this problem is being solved in real time at pace super super quickly you know i think people really need to understand that there is a huge paradigm shift that we are in the white heat of a, of a really really rapid transition there's not just you know the the increase in fast charging there's a fast charge towards fast charging uh, and you know people need to be mi mindful of that and totally aware of it a fast charge to fast charging. If I use that, do I have to quote you or am I okay using that as, you're as my own? <laughs> it, um, I thought of it just right now. So, yeah. I talked a little bit earlier about the modesty of trucking. Um, I may not have used those exact words, but, you know, it's sort of, you know, supply chains, goods movement. You know, we just get the the coffee, the tea in the morning, the clothes to the stores, the food to the groceries. I mean, we just go about it. And the pandemic you know, some of that was challenged with, you know, truck drivers in, you know, dangerous situations, really trying to get the goods places. But um, I think the same thing holds with electricity. I mean, we, you know, the whole grid and the utilities and the electricity system, it's just there for us. And of course, you've got the Texas event in the winter in California at times that, that pop up. But um, these things we know how to do. So this is a transformation but it's a transformation of things that are um, kind of known. Um, does that make sense or you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, the other, the other component is, um, you know, we talked about hardware and, and we talked about vehicles uh, and charging infrastructure. Um, what we haven't talked about is, is the software side and the smart charging side. So, you know, this is gonna enable charging to happen in a, in a really smart way. So dynamically with excess energy in the grid, when you know you can f charge uh, less expensively it's going to you know ensure that the grid doesn't fall over so you know there's a lot of really exciting work being done by some pretty clever people in the smart charging space again again i referenced the uk government's um, transport decarbonization plan that was uh, published just a, a few days ago this week uh, you know that uh, that is asking for all charging infrastructure to be smart charging enabled so there are there are all these things coming together to create what hopefully will be a very happy place for this super rapid transition to uh, zero emissions transport. Yeah, and we're, we're running out of time, Aid. We always do um, really interesting discussions. And I think sort of the, the icing on the cake here is that all of this has a lot of excitement around um, uh, decarbonizing this part, this transportation sector. I, you, you said how uh, excited the investors are in infrastructure. I mean, we're seeing incredibly talented uh, people come into, um, you know, companies like Daimler and Cummins and, you know, traditional 
trucking firms, but we're just seeing with this, with this future, uh, a lot of talent coming in. So the people, my point is, maybe we'll close with this and you can add a few final thoughts, but the people doing this work are passionate, capable, excited, professional, um, and, and, and really driving it. And that's a, that's a really exciting thing. Yeah. I mean, the smart kids coming out of us universities with PhDs at the moment, what are they going to go into? They're going to go into uh, cool new professions like zero emissions transport. So I'm looking forward to continuing the work that, that uh, you and I do together or um, basically keeping in touch because uh, again, I feel like um, we're kindred spirits. We go about it in the same way, you know, with uh, how we tell the stories to, to really drive that are out there to help um, expedite and, and drive this um, faster, quicker. And so um, great talking to you. Abe. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks very much indeed, Mike. Great chatting to you too. And thanks very much indeed for inviting me onto the podcast. Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends.